Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! You know, church, today I've got a message for you, and I'm not going to give you the title yet. I'll keep you guys guessing, uh, but uh, we're going to first turn into our first scripture. We're going to have a few scriptures, and I think after reading the first scripture, you probably will roughly know what I'm going to be talking about, okay? Cool? Uh, so if you have your Bible with you, why not turn with me to 1 Corinthians. I'm going to read from chapter 13, verse 4 to verse 8. Yeah? If you're there, I want to hear a good amen. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. Love is not provoked. It thinks no evil. Love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Love. You know, in Acts Bristol, uh, right now, because of the COVID situation, we are not able to meet physically, but you know, for the past sort of two, three years, when we were able to meet physically, uh, we, 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 uh, when, when, when comes sort of Valentine's timing, uh, we normally have a Q&A session. And FYI, uh, if you didn't know, if you didn't receive the memo, Valentine's was last Sunday, okay? Uh, but um, during this time, last year or two years ago, we would have a Q&A session in Bristol uh, where you know people can come, people can invite their friends, uh, and people can start asking uh, questions about, you know, what uh, is love, what is relationships, what God word say, God's word says about, you know, marriage, love, relationship, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and uh, and uh, Pastor Dave and Pastor Cat uh, will be will, will answer them. Uh, uh, we will be there to answer the questions. Uh, and, 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 and for the past few years, it's been amazing. Uh, and I personally have gained a lot and learned a lot. Uh, and uh, if you're thinking <laughs> today, whether I'm going to talk about the same thing, I'm going to talk about dating, relationship, marriage, all that kind of stuff. Rest assured, <laughs> I'm not going to uh, because, let's be honest guys, I'm not qualified to, to, to talk to you about those kind of things. If you have any questions about dating, relationship, marriage, all that kind of stuff, I want to refer you to positive and positive care. Sorry, pastors. Uh, but uh, rest assured, let's be honest, I, I'm not qualified to talk to you about all those things because I've got no, no fruits in this area. In fact, if anything, I've probably made Lots of mistakes, made a lot of bad decisions uh, when it comes to these kind of things. Um, but you know, when we read a scripture about love, right, uh, in 1 Corinthians, we think immediately because it's a scripture that you know, when we, when we think about this, our immediate thought is marriage is, right, it's probably the, 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 the most frequently quoted scripture when it comes to marriages. Uh, and I'm um, thinking this, should I think about, you know, marriage, I think about, you know, uh, dating, relationships, and things like that. Uh, but you know, God's word talks about love a lot. And today we're going to explore this other area, uh, this other part of scripture uh, where Jesus, uh, or the word of God, talks about love. Uh, and um, if you have your Bible with you, uh, turn with me to Luke chapter 10, and we're going to read verse 25 to verse 29. If you're there, can I hear a good amen? Amen. So Luke chapter 10, verse 25. And behold, 
a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, him being Jesus, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So the lawyer answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this, and you will live. Verse 29, But he, the lawyer, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? We know we're going to stop there for a while. We're going to explore the rest of the scripture uh, later, uh, but I'll stop us there. And you know, this passage is probably a very familiar passage to a lot of us. In fact, uh, we think about what we learned last week, or what we've learned uh, building up to this week in the last few months, actually. before, just before uh, New Year slash Christmas, we learn about um, Pastor Dave brought us through a Ten Commandments series, right? The Four Plus Six series, and uh, it, the Four is you know commandments to love God. The Six is commandments to love others, uh, and here it's sort of summarized. And and this is known as the the, the greatest commandment, right? In Matthew, uh, when a lawyer asked Jesus, uh, "Teacher, what's the greatest commandment?" Uh, and then Jesus said, the first is to love the Lord your God with all your heart. Number two is to love your neighbor as yourself. And this is known as the greatest commandment. Uh, and uh, last week, in fact, uh, we were so blessed to be able to hear from Pastor Kenneth. And Pastor Kenneth uh, speak about uh, 21 uh, truth, thoughts and truth, truths uh, that will help us break through this year. In fact, it's something that we've been studying uh, over homes. And um, it, it started off with Pastor Kenneth, if there's three things that you can tell, uh, advice, three advice that you can give uh, Pastor Michelle and Benji, who's uh, now gone to Osaka to plant X Osaka, what is it? Um, it started with three and began to one. And last week, we were able to hear the first three. Uh, the first, and, 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 and in the first beginning, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with everything. Love your God. And today, I want to continue on with that and talk about loving your neighbor loving your neighbor so that's my topic for today if i can put a topic on that it'll be loving your neighbor you know loving your neighbor as yourself is sort of like a i guess a phrase that we use a lot uh, and I feel that it, like, I don't know, personally, I think it gets, uh, I feel that I say it very easily, you know, love your neighbor as yourself, uh, something that, you know, just rolls off my tongue, uh, but I don't really question what it really means. And much like the lawyer here who says, who is my neighbor? Uh, what does it even mean? Love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, when I think about love your neighbor as yourself, and remember we read about what love looks like? It says that in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4, it says that this is what perfect love looks like. It says love is long, suffers long, or in other versions says patient and is kind. It does not envy. It, does not, it is not arrogant. Uh, it, is not, it does not behave rudely. It doesn't get provoked. Uh, it thinks no evil. It does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things and it endures all things. 
love never fails. And if I think about if this is what love is, right? If this is what love looks like, and this is what the love your neighbor as yourself, this the the, the, the second greatest commandment is. And I think forget neighbors, right? Forget forget the question of the Samaritan asking who's my neighbor. Uh, because when we read the rest, we'll be a spoiler. We're gonna read and and Jesus will teach about the parable of the Samaritan. We're gonna touch on that later on, be a spoiler. Uh, but when I read this, right, when I read just this passage in isolation, I always think about, you know, neighbor just means, you know, people I don't know, uh, people that are different from me, uh, uh, people that I maybe don't like. Uh, but when I think about, forget neighbor, when I think about 1 Corinthians chapter 13, what it says love looks like. Forget the people that I don't know. And I think about just the people in my life that I love. <laughs> and I go, I don't think I've even achieved this standard of love, of love with the people that I are even around me, the people that I say I love. Uh, uh, even things that, you know, love bears all things. I've lost my temper so many times, even with my closest friends, uh, my family, uh, love never fails. I failed so many. I disappointed so many people before. Uh, so many of my loved ones before. And let me rethink, you know, how do we love our neighbor to this standard, to the standard of this perfect love? And I want to share with us three truths or three uh, things we need to do uh, to be able to, to help us to achieve this. You know, the first one uh, is very, it's, it's, it sounds a bit, a bit cheeky. <laughs> cheeky, I don't know whether cheeky is the right word, but it sounds like, oh uh, yeah, of course. Uh, but, you know, the first point is very important. And this first point is actually just this. Love the Lord, your Lord. Before we can love our neighbor as ourselves, it's the second greatest commandment. We need to first love Lord our God. You know, last week, Pastor Kenneth shared about what it means to love God. Loving God means to obey right? To obey God. And you know why it's so important to first love God uh, before we love other people? In fact, if you have the Bible with me, uh, if you turn with me to another scripture, uh, and we're going to be reading uh, John chapter 21, verse 15 to 17. This is a scripture that I go to time and time again. Uh, and um, and uh, today I want to share with you guys. Uh, John chapter 21, verse 15. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, Feed, feed my lambs. Verse 16, he said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. Verse 17, he said to him the third time, Simon, Son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus then said to him, Feed my sheep. The reason why we need to love people, uh, to be able to love people, uh, we need to first love God, is because People will fail. Uh, 
and you know just like the example that i gave you know i said even the people that i love right in my life and people that love me uh when i think about the standard of this love right i i feel every single one of them uh in some way shape or form i have failed them i have uh lost my patience i have got angry i have had uh, uh, uh unforgiveness uh i i i, I was um i Sometimes, you know, the, the imperfectness in me uh, try uh, to, uh, 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 to, to uh, seek my own uh, uh, benefit in uh, my relationships with people. Uh, and just like how I have failed people, people will fail you uh, when you try to love them. And it's because of a simple truth. We are all imperfect. We are, we are all imperfect people. And... Uh, to love imperfect people with perfect love and imperfectness in us would expect uh, others to love us in return, right? Uh, um, that's why you've got a lot of people who uh, uh, have crushes uh, and uh, I'm guilty of that, have crushes and when people don't reciprocate, you get very angry. Uh, and, uh, and, and that's because when we show a love when you show affection to someone we expect that to be returned to reciprocated if i pronounce it correctly uh, but the problem is when you try to love someone they will fail you uh, because of our imperfection um, you know forget you know people that are not so close to me think about or, or, or people outside I think about you know church even, uh, and uh, being coordinator sometimes. Uh, if I if I can be honest with you guys, uh, hope you guys don't crucify me. But um, there are days, there are times, uh, there have been times where I come to God and I go, Lord, I don't think I can do this anymore. Lord, I don't know what I'm doing, uh, but why do I feel that I'm doing so much? I'm giving so much yet. I feel so underappreciated. I feel that, you know, people don't care. Uh, God, I don't think I can do this anymore. And the reason why I say I love the scripture is because time and time again, when I do that, I always come back to the scripture and I sense God telling, asking me, you know, Tiong, just like he asked Peter, Tiong, do you love me? Tiong, do you love me? And it's very interesting here that you know this 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 whole thing happened after Peter has denied Jesus. Okay, sometimes this is after Jesus was resurrected, uh, Peter has denied Jesus three times. He went back fishing, right? A bit of background there, uh, and uh, it's very interesting that uh, Jesus didn't ask him, Peter, have you repented? Peter, are you sorry? No, and that's because Jesus, being the perfect God had perfect love for Peter and he knew uh, that you know, no matter what Peter has had done, has done, he loves him regardless. Uh, and, and very interesting that Jesus' Jesus' question was this, Peter, do you love me? First, for three times he asked, Peter, do you love me? And the question of Peter, do you love me is more important than Peter, are you sorry? Powerful, isn't it? Peter, do you love me? And you know, every time Peter says, yes, Lord, I love you, Guess what happens next? Jesus says, feed my lambs. If you love me, then love others. If you love me, 
then love others. If you love me, then love others. You know, to be able to love other people at that standard, the perfect standard, um, you know, we, 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 if we try to love people and expect in return the same love, and we're fueled by that, we're not going to be able to continue. And, and, and even the last verse 8, right, the first part of verse 8 says, love never fails. And if we were to do that, love will fail. Our love for that person will fail. Uh, when I say love, I mean like, you know, when we care for them, when we're kind, you know, you know not just romantic love, okay? Uh, but, you know, all kinds of love. Uh, brother, brotherly love and things like that, okay? Uh, people will fail. And so where do we get our fuel? We get our fuel from the perfect God. Uh, because when we go back to God and we, if we love God, we focus back on God. And as you focus back on God, you realize that, you know, God, you love me more than I ever deserve. And Lord, because you love me more than I can I ever deserve, I know, Lord, that I can love others more than I think they deserve. Um, because Lord, you love me first. And if you're fueled by that, um, you will be able to love others uh, or get closer to loving others uh, at this First Corinthians chapter 13 level, perfect love standard. Powerful, isn't it? Uh, there's a reason why uh, love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Love your God comes first, then love others. Amen? You know, the other thing that we need to do uh, to be able to love others, actually this is something I learned uh, after, uh, after a couple of years back, uh, I was in, you know, you know, I spoke about how I said I wasn't going to talk, I wasn't going to talk about dating things like that. But let's be honest, I'll be honest with you here a bit. Uh, and uh, I was in a very long term relationship uh, until, I can't remember now, three years ago, maybe. Yeah, three years ago. Uh, and yeah, uh, the relationship didn't work out because it wasn't glorifying God. And as I chased after God, I realized that this relationship, I had to surrender this relationship to him. Uh, and uh, yeah, long story short, story for another day, uh, I came out of this long-term relationship and for a while, for a while, I felt very insecure. I felt like I was missing something and for a while I was you know, looking around trying to fill a certain void. Uh, and uh, I remember, you know, uh, because of that, you know, losing focus on things, being very insecure. Uh, and this is something that I had to learn uh, from uh, from God uh, when I uh, um, got down. And, and, and uh, it's a message actually I, I, I watched online, I read online, I can't remember. Uh, but uh, it really spoke to me. Uh, and I think it's not just applicable for a dating relationship, but uh, dating perspective, but it's even very important here when it comes to loving your neighbor, loving others. Uh, and the interesting thing here is that, you know, we talk about loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Part two of this, it says, love your neighbor. And you know, I know my title says loving your neighbor, but actually the full thing is we focus on the neighbor and the neighbor. That's right, we focus on the neighbor because we are called to love the neighbor. But, but, it says here, love your neighbor. And remember the last two words were, as yourself. You know, to be able to first love someone, 
as yourself, you need to first know how to love yourself. Yeah? To be able to love someone as yourself, to be able to love your neighbor as yourself, you need to first know how to love yourself. And it's what I learned, you know, when I was struggling with insecurities. Uh, uh, you know, we talk about, you know, love does not envy, love does not, uh, love does not behave rudely. And, and I remember, you know, my mind, all this insecurity caused me to, you know, uh, be jealous for people, jealous of people, be angry. Uh, and this was a real revelation to me in that, you know, to be able to first love others, you need to first be able to love yourself. What do I mean by that? What do I mean? But you don't want to bring us back. More scriptures, but I want to bring us back to Genesis, uh, where you know we will touch a bit about relationships, where you know when God first created men and women. And if you're thinking, you know, if you're single today and you're thinking, you know, uh, does God want a relationship for me? Uh, does God have, uh, does God uh, care about my relationships? You know, I want to tell you, God cares about relationships, and God is all for relationships because God was the first person for the was the one who created relationships, you know? So uh, if you can turn with me, we're going to read sort of two sections of Genesis chapter 2. Uh, first, we're going to read Genesis chapter 2, verse 8 to 9, and then we're going to jump to Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 to 18. Okay? So Genesis chapter 2, verse 8 to 9. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. He put Adam whom he had formed. Uh, and out of the ground, the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and a tree of knowledge of good and evil. Cool, we're going to jump on to verse 15 and we're going to read all the way to verse 18. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you will eat of it, you shall surely die. Verse 18, And the Lord God said, It is not good that a man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Verse 18 there. Go. Friends, if you're thinking, you know, is God for relationship? Verse 18 there is proof that, you know, God is for relationships. Uh, God says, God is the one who created relationships. Uh, he's the Lord God who says, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. But friends, the beautiful thing about this, right, is that God said that at verse 18. God only said that at verse 18. The stuff that we read before that, a lot of things happened uh, before verse 18 happened. And Adam, the man, had to first love certain things, had to first uh, God, want, God wants to give the man certain things first. And for us, it's the same. We need to, and that was what it means to love ourselves, is to recognize that, you know, there are certain things that God wants to give us first, that we must first love, to be able to allow us to love other people. I'll go deeper into it. Uh, don't get confused first. Uh, but there's actually two things here that I want to point out. The first thing is, if you go back to verse 8, it says that the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, right? And he, keyword here, put. Some version says planted, some version say placed. He put, he planted, he placed. Before God gave 
a man someone to love. He first gave the man a place. He first gave them a place. Friends, I want you all to know that God has given you a place to be. Uh, and with place came purpose because when you read verse 15, it says God placed the man there and uh, put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. The man had a purpose to be in a place. And that's all before, that's all before he had someone to love. And I want you all to know as well that, you know, God, for each and every one of us, God has placed us somewhere for a reason. And we need to first love the place before we can love the people. Because, we, because, because uh, there are things, uh, when, we st- when we stop loving the place that God has placed us in, we stop seeing the purpose, and we, stop, we, we, we can't love the people in the place that God has placed us in. You know, when God, we think about you know, family, you know, when I think about family, uh, be real here, okay? My mom and dad might be watching this, but I'm going to just be real. Uh, and uh, growing up, you know, I was a, a middle child. Uh, and I've got older sister, younger brother. And yeah, growing up just being a middle child, uh, there's this thing called the middle child syndrome. Uh, a lot of people think it's a myth. It kind of is, I, I, I guess. But uh, growing up, I had a lot of pent-up anger. Uh, sometimes I feel that my parents doesn't love me as much. Uh, but... Uh, it's different now, okay? I, I love my parents now. Uh, love you, mom and dad. Uh, but I remember growing up, I always thought, you know, I hated the place, place or the family uh, that I was in. I wasn't okay. Maybe hated was the 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 the, the wrong word to use. A bit a stronger word, but I didn't see uh, the, the the purpose and the, the place. Didn't love the place. Uh, and therefore didn't see the purpose of the place God has placed me in. And I remember, my mom and dad probably remembers this, but uh, I had all this pattern of anger. I'm quite quiet, quite an introvert, so I like to keep a lot of things to myself. Uh, but as I grew up, when I started hitting sort of college years, uh, I started being a bit more rebellious. I started raising my voice. I get angry at every little thing uh, uh, at my parents. Uh, sorry, mom. Sorry, dad. Uh, <laughs> uh, but... Because I didn't see or didn't love the place that God has placed me in and I didn't see the purpose that He's placed me in there, it stopped me from loving the people in that place. Instead, I got angry all the time with the people in that place, my family. And it's the same with workplace. You know, if we, if, if we hate the workplace that God has given us, we can't love the people in our workplace. And that's what it means, the first thing, to love yourself. How do you know whether that place is a place that God has placed you in? You know, friends, one thing you know is the beautiful thing about when God places you somewhere is that there will be provision. There will be provision. You know, go back to verse uh, 16 and verse 9. You know, the says, God, God here says, verse 16, He says, The Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely, freely eat. Okay, verse 9, so God said to him, freely eat, you can freely eat, right? Who planted all these trees? Go back to verse 9. Verse 9 says, and out of the ground, the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. A tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and a tree of knowledge of good and evil. God planted the trees and God said you can freely eat. And friends, if you're thinking, you know, this place I'm in, 
is it is it a god place is it, did, did god place me here you know friends or is this just a coincidence you know did god provide for that job did god provide for their hope did god provide for the university did some uni some 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 university uh, door get shut and some get open and this open this is your second choice your third choice maybe got open many times we we we, we look at that and we go uh i applied for this university but i didn't get it this university i mean is my second choice my third choice and many times we we look at this as this is my second choice my third choice instead of saying this is where god wants me to be and instead of saying this is only my second choice saying you know if this is where god wants me to be he provided and you know like i said um a way to know where the the place a way to know whether the place that god has placed you in is where he wants you to be is when he provides and he provided this but sometimes we don't see the provision we see we see the closed door uh, and yeah he provided and let's start seeing where we are at as god's provision as god's place that he's places in and start loving the place so then when we start loving the place we can start loving the people in that place amen uh, the second thing about loving ourselves right uh, is so the first thing is loving the place and by loving the place we love the purpose and the, we are able to love the people the second thing is for it means to also love yourself is to love your identity you know in verse 8 here it says the lord god planted a garden eastward in eden and he put the man right whom he had formed man whom he had formed and if we go further behind, we're not going to read that. We're not going to go there. We're not, um, uh, we're not put there. But in uh, Genesis chapter one, uh, it says there that you know God created man in the likeness of His image. So the second thing is this identity. We need to start loving our identity. You know, we studied about, we read about love. What it means to be love, to love. You know, love is patient. Love is kind. Uh, love does not envy. Love does not boast love seeks uh does not seek its own it's not provoked believes all things hope all things love believes whole things hopes all things bears all things endures all things and friends i want you all to know that that applies to us as well we need to love ourselves like that we believe all things and hope all things in jesus amen uh you know whatever you've been through whatever you are uh, or whatever you think you are or whatever other people say you are I want you all to know that you know God created you in His image. Uh, whatever things you think maybe you're not good enough compared to other people, you know what? God made you the way you are, uh, and God called you precious. God calls you uh, uh, loved. God calls you uh, free. Uh, God calls you saved. God calls you His children. And we need to start embracing that and stop seeing ourselves as I don't like this part of me. I don't like that part of me. Uh, but start seeing as you know god this is the identity well there are things that we will need to change right if there are things that are clearly uh, uh, uh weaknesses that we can improve on uh, we of course we have to improve on those but you know certain things you know like for example for me um i i i i, I call myself an introvert all the time and i'm very i'm very quiet i remember uh maybe a few years back five years back maybe when i first met pastor cat pastor dave and pastor cat uh, I remember Pastor Dave, uh, the, the word that Pastor Dave described me was, yeah, very quiet, <laughs> very quiet. And yes, I am, uh, and I was. 
uh, I still am. Uh, and I used to hate that part of me um, because growing up in church, you know, uh, it almost feels like the popular kids are always the ones who are out there, you know, uh, very sporting. The guys who are out there who, you know, are, are, are willing to do stuff to attract attention. And me being the quiet, introverted guy, uh, always uh, at the back. And I, I, one of the reasons why I didn't really like going to church, youth church especially, was because I felt that I was out of place. I felt that, you know, this introvertedness of me, this quietness of me, uh, was, uh, wasn't something that, that, that I, people liked. And, and I grew up not liking that part of me. I'm using it as an excuse, going, yeah, uh, I'm going to skip this, I'm going to skip that because it's just not me. I'm going to skip uh, church because it's not me. I want to skip church because it's not me. Uh, I don't like missing people. I don't like talking to people. Uh, and now though it's different. Uh, now growing to know that, you know, this, that part of me is what God has created me to be. And did I have to improve in terms of, you know, being more outgoing, uh, try to talk more, try to be more involved? Yes. But at the same time, recognizing that, you know, this part of me God has created for a reason. And when I see someone in church now who is quieter, who is more introverted, I understand. Uh, I understand how they feel. And I see other people at work who are quieter. Uh, I understand how they feel. Uh, and I'll be able to love them instead of seeing yeah, these people are weird like you know how I felt when I was in church uh, when I was younger in youth church people were like I, I felt isolated I felt I'm sure people didn't feel that didn't, didn't, didn't mean that way but it felt that you know people didn't like me because I was quiet and being like that I knew how people felt as well uh, and, 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 and being able to love others because of who they are that's similar to me uh, and so you know your identity and most importantly your identity in Christ Knowing that you know God has made you in His image, God loves you. Uh, knowing that God loves you, you're able to love other people because you're recognizing that God loves you. And with identity comes this thing called boundaries. Uh, because our identity is also made in Christ likeness, but also remember that we have a master, right? We serve a God who is our master. Uh, in, in, in verse um, 20, Verse, sorry, verse 17, in fact, uh, God says here that there's a but. God says you can eat everything that you want, but there's a but. And that but is, you shall not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. One tree out of all the trees, you shall not eat from it. And there are boundaries. And what that tells us is that our identity means that you know, there's a master that we serve, that we need to obey. And uh, because there's a master that we serve that we need to obey, uh, we obey his command to say, you know, love others, just as he has loved us. That we are loved by our master, but at the same time, we want to love others because he commanded us to love others. Amen? So loving yourself, loving your place, knowing your purpose, loving where God has placed you, and loving your identity. That's how you love yourself, so that you can love others as well. Amen? And then the third thing, about being able to love your neighbor is this. We're going to read now. Uh, you know how I say we're going to stop at verse 29. Now we're going to read the rest of the parable. Uh, so if you have your Bible again, turn with me uh, to Luke chapter 10. We're going to read uh, from verse 30 all the way to verse 37. Cool. 
Luke chapter 10, verse 30. Then Jesus answered and said, Certain men went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothes, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down the road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbour to him who fell among the thieves? And he, being a lawyer, said, he who showed mercy on him, i.e. the Samaritan. Uh, he didn't want to say that word because, because they didn't like the Samaritans back then. Uh, uh, then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. The third truth about loving our neighbour. When I read this, growing up reading this, I always felt that you know, reading this means, just means you know, everyone is my neighbour. People I don't like is my neighbour. Uh, people who are different from me are my neighbour. Uh, people who are, uh, you know, suffering, who are poor, who needs help, are my neighbor. All true, all very, very true. But the key word here is, you know, when I read this again, uh, verse thirty-eight, Jesus says, "So who, which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves?" And then Jesus in verse thirty-seven says, "Go and do likewise." Who was a neighbor to him who fell? The question is, I love, I love it when, you know, the Bible is so good, so, so real, it's, Jesus is amazing because, you know, if you're thinking, you know, people will ask you tough questions now. People will ask Jesus tough questions, but, you know, go for, go for God uh, to, for wisdom. Go to God for wisdom. But Jesus answered this so amazingly, beautifully. He turned that question around and he says, it's not who's your neighbor. The question isn't who is your neighbor. The question is, who can you be a neighbor to? Which, who do you think was neighbor to him who fell to the thief? The question wasn't who is your neighbor, the question is who can you be a neighbor to? And that's my point three, that loving your neighbor is a choice. Love is a choice. Love is not feelings. You know, I shared how after, you know, uh, coming out of a long-term relationship, I, 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 you know, I felt insecure. I started being angry and, 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 and jealous about things. I let feelings take over, but love is not feelings. Love is a choice. And just like how Jesus says, go and do likewise, we ought to do the same. Go and be a neighbor to someone. Stop going, stop being reactive, be proactive. Stop going, oh, that person needs my help. But rather going, can I help that person? Can I love that person? Amen. You know, church, that's my three simple points today. I pray you've been blessed. And you know, to bring it all together, I know. Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 and 8. It feels like a tough standard to reach. And yes, it is. It's perfect love. And I shared earlier on just now, we are imperfect people. And will we fail? Yes. 
Uh, will we disappoint the people that we love? Yes. But friends, can I tell you that we can still do it? Because you know why? Because Jesus first loves us. God first loved us. And in fact, God first chose to love us when we didn't deserve anything. And because he has done that, we too make, you know, we talk about image, make in his image, are able to do the same. Amen? Amen. You know, church, uh, especially if uh, we close, before I close into, in prayer, I just want to give an opportunity to uh, whoever here, you know, if you are new here today or you don't know who Jesus is, you know, talk about how uh, love, perfect love and what it looks like and God loving us so much. Uh, you know, the John 3.16 is another verse uh, where love is mentioned and it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You know, we were fallen. We, uh, we sinned against God and we were separated from God. Uh, but God loved us so much that he came and he paid the ultimate price for us to draw us back to him. And you know, the, 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 to, 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 to receive this gift and to be reconciled to him it's as simple as, you know, just opening our heart and say, Lord, Jesus, I need you. Would you come and be my Lord and Savior? So, you know, in a while, we're going to flash out a prayer. And if you feel that, uh, if you feel in your heart uh, that, you know, you want to come to know this Jesus as the Lord, Lord and Savior, um, do say this prayer together. Let me just close us in prayer. God, we just want to thank you. God, for today, we thank you for your word that is powerful. And God, we thank you for the reminder of how, God, we can love others. God, we pray that even as we go away, Lord, you teach us to love others. Give us a heart of compassion. Lord, mold us. Increase, God, our capacity to love others. Teach us, Lord, to be a church that loves others just like you did love us. God, we thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Axe, you can check out www.axechurch.uk. God bless.